Welcome to season two of the Let It Shine podcast. I'm Donna Tipton Howell, your host, and I'm thankful that you're listening today. Season one of 2022 consisted of 13 episodes on better ways to let our light shine in this sometimes dark world. Today begins a new season, starting with our new episode one, A Bubbling Brook and a Satisfied Mind. I have some little ones in my life, and when they're over here taking naps, I like to play the sounds of water running in a creek. It seems to settle them and soothe them. It is so soothing that sometimes I find myself getting sleepy as well, just listening. To me, a brook or a river or the ocean's waves, all of those sounds bring me some peace and remind me of contentment. And when I come across any flowing water, I love to just be still and listen. I was studying for our ladies class this month, which was to be on the subject of contentment. And there was a song that kept running through my mind. My dad used to play it on his record player. It was called A Satisfied Mind by Porter Wagner. I couldn't remember the lyrics, so I looked it up. Here's part of it. How many times have you heard someone say, If I had his money, I'd do things my way. But little they know that it's so hard to find one rich man in 10 with a satisfied mind. It's a good little song, a simple song with a pretty big message. Contentment has to do with being satisfied. Though often, as in that song, folks just think mostly contentment as not wanting anything more of material things than you already have. And uh, greed is certainly mentioned in the Bible as an opposing idea to contentment. But just thinking of contentment in the physical realm will not truly define it. Often you hear someone say, I'm just not happy. Or I'd be happy if only. But happiness and contentment are not at all the same. I think we get them mixed up sometimes. Happiness is an emotion. It is temporary. It can change on a whim. It is mostly based on outward circumstances. So as those circumstances change, so does our mood. But contentment is not an emotion. It is a state of having a satisfied mind. Now some folks do seem by nature to be more easily content with their situation in life. But true contentment goes even beyond this. As happiness focuses on things outside of us, contentment comes from within, but not just from within our own selves. And we're gonna figure out the process here of how it gets within us. A familiar passage comes from Paul when he said, I can have plenty or I can be hungry. I can be in abundance or need, but either way I'm content. And we're all pretty much familiar with that passage. Um, He's saying, no matter my outside circumstances, I'm content. Now, this does not mean he was happy about when he was beaten in prison. He and Silas were in there singing, not because they were pleased with outside circumstances. That wasn't fun. But rather, they had an inner peace despite their circumstances. And so, if he finds himself with plenty, that is great. He will enjoy it, and he'll use it for God's glory. But if he's in need and hungry, 
though that is not really fun, it does not deter his main purpose to glorify God. Part of it is knowing that circumstances and even this life itself is temporary. Relationships will be broken. If we don't break them, still death will surely at some point break those relationships here. Long ago, Plato realized happiness is just a state of pleasure based on outward circumstances and is short-term and emotional, whereas contentment is long-term and is the state of having a satisfied mind. It comes from within, from having a sense of who we are and that our life is good in a way that matters. And we have potential to even enhance that. He was getting pretty close, but I guess it takes Jesus to really define it for us. Jesus knew we would be seeking and searching for our real purpose. Having himself placed eternity in our hearts, he and the Father had a plan from the very beginning to fill that longing, that thirst that needs to be quenched. And he himself was sent to us to be our living water. Even in the Old Testament, Isaiah prophesied in chapter 12 and verse 4, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And to the Samaritan woman in John at the well, he promised water, that if you will drink it, you will never thirst. And he proclaims then himself to be this very living water that will quench our spiritual thirst and fill all those hearts' longings. Not only, though, can we have this living water, we can have it overflowing in abundance. John 7, 37 to 38 tells us if we come and drink of him and believe on him out of our own hearts, will flow rivers of living water. His spirit can fill our hearts so full it's gonna spill over on those around us like an overflowing creek or river, a bubbling brook that we just keeps going on and on and on. Eric Raymond in his book titled Chasing Contentment offers four main characteristics of contentment. First, he says contentment is inward, as we discussed with Paul and Silas singing in prison. Second, he said contentment avoids and even stands on opposite sides of complaining. So many times you remember the Jews in the Old Testament and later the Christians are warned about grumbling and complaining, and the warning is to us today as well. Raymond notes that grumbling implies discontentment with God himself. When we grumble and complain, it's as if we're thinking God is unfair or maybe he's even incompetent. Like when the Israelites complained to Moses that they were thirsty and why had he brought them into the wilderness just to die? And God made it known to Moses that when they were complaining to him, they were really grumbling to God. Third, he says, contentment is a work of grace. This was the one I had to really think about. Wasn't I responsible for learning contentment? If I try hard enough, shouldn't I be able to accomplish this satisfied mind? Perhaps that has been my main obstacle, and maybe yours as well, for we cannot achieve this on our own. And it can only come by giving my heart to God and letting Him give and show me contentment. One of the functions of the gospel is to draw me to fix my heart on God. 
When I do that, I begin moving. I move from restless to resting, from hurting to healing, from hungry to satisfied. Remember the beatitude, blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for he shall be filled or satisfied. Matthew 6.33 says, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will be added. Really? Just by focusing my heart on God, on the things that are above, he can make my heart content no matter my circumstance? Well, yes, that is exactly what he does. Matthew 6.25 Thank, Therefore I tell you, let you not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. He says, isn't life more than these things? That's what he's trying to tell us. I can teach you contentment if your focus isn't on these things. He can make my heart content no matter my circumstance. If I'm not worried and anxious about my physical circumstances, that's okay, because he'll take care of that. As I'm using my energy to focus on his kingdom, he's handling all the rest. See how it works? It's kind of like a process. I must sometimes relinquish my happiness, but I'm gaining a satisfied mind. So the trade-off is okay. Really, I guess it's better than okay. I will be given a peace that passes understanding. Finally, his fourth characteristic of contentment is that it joyfully rests in God's providence. Remember Joseph and how his brothers treated him. And he said to them, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And in the end, we see that it did work out for the good, for Joseph and for God's plan. And he tells us in Romans 8:28 that all things work together for good for those that love him. How can that be? How that when I'm grieving because I've lost a spouse or a child or I've lost my job or someone's treating me so badly, how can that work out for good? Well, we don't see the big scheme of things, but he does. And we focus on him and his kingdom and yes, we're sad and we have to deal with all those, but he will take care of it. And in the long run, he will give us a satisfied mind even through all of those hard times. So contentment doesn't demand that we're just lazy, we sit around idle, or we're not really trying to better our circumstances. That's not what it means. It's just that that is not our main business taking care of our physical things. That's not what we're about. Our business is about giving our heart to God, following his will, and in that, finding that he has granted that contentment that will fully satisfy my searching, my thirst, all my longings. Psalm 37, 3 and 4 tells me to trust in the Lord and do good and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And of course, now we know those desires are centered in his will for us. The Lord told the people through Jeremiah 2.13, My people have committed two sins. 
First, they've forsaken me, the spring of living water. And second, they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. When I try to learn contentment on my own way, my cisterns will all leak out because I'm broken like those cisterns. But if I give my heart to him, Jesus says in Revelation 21, 6, I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water of life without cost. Look at there, it's free for the taking. I just must focus on his kingdom and let him take care of everything else. And finally, full contentment is realized when we come to heaven and in Revelation 22:1, he shows me the river of life clear as crystal coming from the throne of Christ. The living water we will be face to face for eternity. Let me be full of Christ and his spirit so that I bubble over like a brook and flow out of my banks like a river to all others who are seeking a satisfied mind. Have a great day.